Yo, what's up, PC Familia members and sports fans all over the world? Welcome back to the Press Coverage Sports Show. I'm your host, Jason Holmes, and this show is brought to you by Persistence Media. Um, I can't wait to start this show. We got NFL brewing right right underneath uh, our fingertips. You can feel it. It's coming. Um, So I got an awesome co-star today. Uh, He was on episode two with me. We got a a great great, uh, conversation about to happen, and uh, he'll be joining us on the Mel Eats hotline today. Uh, Mel Eats is a meal prep service. It's a persistence food company providing delicious and nutritious meal prep to take the stress out of your day-to-day life or help you track those macros, shed some pounds, whatever you want. Uh, Melanie's got you and she's got you through Mel Eats, so make sure you check them out. And joining us today on the Mel Eats hotline, we got my man, my favorite co-star to have on here. We got Jimmy Thornton on the line. What's up, Jimbo? What's a good word, Jason? I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me back. You know, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're finding some time to chop it up with with your boy Sills. And uh, yeah, this is gonna be a good show, man. I'm pumped up, dude. Like we got a uh, we got we got football on this weekend. It's literally on this week. Um, this this week. I mean, yeah, it's a Hall of Fame game. I don't know how much I'm actually gonna watch, but it's on. You gonna tune into the Hall of Fame game, Jimbo? I might check it out just to just to get a little dosage of football, but I don't really expect it to be nothing major, nothing that's really going to be yeah. that entertaining. But it's just good to have something better than nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's just see something. I just want to watch them kick the ball up, tee it up, baby. Let's tee it up. All right, but uh, so with that being said, um, football is on the horizon, but we just had a pretty epic MLB trade deadline. I mean, it was to me one of the crazier ones that I can remember. A lot of big names moving this trade deadline. Um, so we're going to start off with a hot first topic, and I want to know. Who your take is on the biggest winner of the MLB trade deadline, Jimbo? Uh, sadly, I probably have to say it's the Dodgers. Because anytime you can get an all-star and Trey Turner and then Scherzer, I mean, and with the team they already have, with you guys are coming back looking good, it's not looking good for everybody else. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I, it's hard for me to agree with you being a Mets fan, you know, but as a baseball fan, yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta say that's definitely quite the, quite the haul, you know, I mean, I think two, two all-stars at the same de- trade deadline. I don't know. I don't think that happens too often. It don't, but it just seems like every year for the last couple of years, they just somehow find a way to get these guys here to give themselves a better chance to get to the world series. And honestly, it disgusts me. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like a, one of those rich get richer but don't you think it's going to catch up to them in time i mean they're depleting the farm system they literally don't bring guys up anymore because they're so front-loaded in the mlb yeah i think it'll catch up with it eventually but i think they have the win now mentality to where they're willing to sacrifice uh the farm system now in order to win championships now and they got a lot of these guys on their contract for a little while so they might be able to run it off for a little while but it'll catch up eventually yeah i mean do you think do you think they'll win the nl west right now they're behind they're behind the giants do you think they did enough to to uh, catch them. Yeah, I think they did enough to catch them. And honestly, I, I think even if they don't catch them, I still see them as the, the World Series favorite. Even if they come in as the wild card, you're ta- even if they got the, they, I mean, you, you got to remember, you get in the wild card, it's a one game dance, man. I mean, they, the, the Dodgers come out on a cold night. That, that's it. See you later. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but with that kind of talent, if they, if they come into a one game and lose, they're disappointment. <laughs> Definitely. I would agree with that. They go wild card and they get bounced in the one game wild card playoff. Uh, huge disappointment. And uh, I'd be okay with seeing that, Jim. I'd be I'd be just fine with seeing that. I ain't gonna lie to you. But I, I got a different take on the on the winner of the trade deadline. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with it. There were so many teams. So I mean, it was tough. And yes, the Dodgers were definitely uh, on my radar for for the most improved with like a like we were saying with two All Stars. But I think the White Sox, man, I really like what the White Sox did at the trade deadline. A, they got an awesome young, fun lineup, and they're winning right now. Plus, their manager Tony Russo is like 105 years old, so he might not have much past this season. So they're gonna they're in all in win now mode, and I think uh, grabbing a they needed a closer, right? They needed a closer, and they got Craig Kimbrell. I'm not a big fan of him. I don't like the little vulture thing that he does on the mound and stuff. I think it's all show, but he's been consistent this year. He hasn't always been consistent, but so far this year, man, he has been lights out when when the when the bullpen gate opens. So I think that's a huge grab for the White Sox. Um, and then they did they did kind of uh, a cardinal sin trading you know trading with the uh, Cubbies. So I'm surprised that they did that, but I think it was worth it. I think it was worth it for for uh, for the guys that they got and the guys that they gave up because the guys that they gave up, uh, the starting pitcher and the outfielder, their potential. You know, I, one thing about baseball that I always love is give up some prospects for a known commodity. You know what I mean, Jim? You agree with uh, that? I definitely agree. Yeah, I, I didn't think that the Cubs would even consider trading them anybody, but I mean, I guess, you know, it seems like they're just breaking everything down and they're just trying to get everything they can for all the people leaving, so they really didn't care who the suitor was. And yeah, the the White Sox have surprised me this year. They, they're a good young team, and they have a bright future. And uh, yeah, they do have uh, La Russa, and as long as you stay with that bottle, they should be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely uh, definitely needs, needs to make sure he, he follows your advice on that one. Um, but I think I think the White Sox are good. La Russa's got that uh, championship pedigree, and uh, I think he's, he's really brought that to this young team. He's letting them have a little bit of their own swagger still, you know, not trying to be too tight rein, but he's, he's keeping them motivated, and he's keeping them winning games. And now Kimbrell on the mound, to, to close out a close one, I think is a huge upgrade for them. And then they also got Cesar Hernandez from the Indians. That's a big pickup. He, I mean, he's only batting like 241, but he's a consistent, has a pretty consistent hitter at a second baseman with a little bit of pop. He's got a few home runs. He's got like almost uh, 50 ribeye stakes on the season. So I, I think, I think that's a nice little addition to slide into the two hole. He can even bat some lead off too. So I like what the White Sox did. And then uh, the other team that I was thinking of, we just kind of brought them up as uh, the Cubs, man. I mean, they were like, they were out there with the staple gun hanging up uh, yard sale signs on the telephone poles around Wrigley or something. They literally dumped the whole roster, man. Yeah, man. It's, it looks like it's going to be ugly there for a little bit unless they have something in that farm system to, to keep that team afloat. It looks like it's going to get ugly for them real quick. It might be another 102, 110 <laughs> years again until they win some else. I think I think they I think they sold out. They said, you know what? We got that championship. Let's get rid of all these stale ex champions. We don't we don't need to be paying them in payroll. Let's go back to the bottom of the barrel as far as payroll goes. And uh, we got the fans happy now. We get we can go for another hundred years without a without a championship. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure that World Series will hold them over for a little bit. So I mean, they might kind of be a little upset about what happened, but I'm sure they got that World Series. So I'm sure they'll be all right for a little bit. Seriously, yeah. No, nah, if you're a Cubs fan, if you're a Cubs fan, you should just be thankful for all the Cubs fans that went their entire lives without watching a, a World Series happen. You know, and the, the debacle against the Marlins and the whole foul ball was it a foul ball thing? I mean, it's it, the the legend was a real thing. You know, the curse the curse was real. So it's good for them to get off the snide there and get that championship. And now, yeah, dump in and and just hit the restart button. But they did they did rack up a lot of prospects and. 
you and I, maybe we don't notice it. And I, I follow like the Mets farm organization, but even then not that much. So it's like, to us, these guys don't sound like much, but then all of a sudden, two years from now, it's like, holy shit, who are these guys? Where'd they come from? And it comes from trade deadline uh, fire sales like this. So the Cubbies, you know, with all, with all the guys they stacked up, there's got to be a couple couple gems in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can understand why they had to do it. Maybe they just felt like that was the time. And, and like you said, they stockload yeah. some, some farm system guys and build that team up. So it looks like it, it may work out in the future. If, like you said, a couple of gems come out. I mean, it could always be worse. You could be like the Pirates that fire ourselves and not get shit in return. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the pirates, the the the, the pirates are uh, they're still struggling, Jimbo. Even with even with you cheering as loud as you can, uh, they're still they're still they're still uh, looking for that elusive championship that they haven't seen for a while. Baseball is all good, but we are in what a lot of people would call the dog days of summer. You know, at least this year we got the Olympics, uh, which it looks like Team USA basketball wise is at least turning the corner here. Um, coming up against Spain, that's going to be a tough game, don't you think? Oh yeah. The- all those European teams look like they've gotten better, and you know that they play together more. Uh, I was kind of worried at first, but I think uh, I think USA will turn it up and, and do what they normally do. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant looked like Kevin Durant last game, so that made me feel a little bit better. But I think we kind of talked about it on previous episodes with other with other co stars, and they were like, you know, Kevin Durant doesn't have that fire, so we'll see. Spain's gonna Spain's gonna bring it, man. I, I, I forgot Ricky Rubio even still played basketball until I saw him playing for Spain, and I was like, oh shit, I forgot, man. They got some formidable guys on the on on the old Spain team. Yeah, they got a lot of good uh, good players there. A lot of them are like veterans now, you know what I'm saying? Whereas before they were they were younger, but now yeah. they're a little older. But I still don't think any team should stop USA and basketball. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but I mean, we've been spoiled because that's what we've always known. But the other teams are getting better now. Not even those Slovenian goons with uh, Luka Doncic leading the mob? I mean, Luka's going to do Luka, but I, I ain't lying to you. I don't know nobody else on that team. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I'm not too concerned about them. I mean, Luka's going to get his, but it's just everybody else. Shut them down and let's do what we do. That's that's true. That's true. I mean, Slovenia ain't got much behind Luka, but uh, hey, hey, he's one of those guys that makes some average dudes uh, a little bit better. You know, he, he he steps their game up. They might not be much in the Slovenian league without Luka, but when, when Luka comes on the team, you know, they they they, they can stick their chest out a little bit. So I just want to see. Honestly, I ain't gonna lie. I want to see the USA versus Luka Doncic for the gold medal, and it's set up for that. So that's what I'm hoping for. So no flops against Spain, America. All right, handle your business. But it made me think of like a, uh, I said on, uh, on a previous episode too, if I had a hundred bucks to put on somebody, it was going on Slovenia and, uh, it's looking all right right now. They were like, they're like plus 1100 bucks or something like that. So, um, that's, that could have been a hundred for 1100 bucks trade off. And I, I'm, I'm taking that at this moment. Cause Luca looks like he's playing for real and, uh, they're, they're in a in a good spot, especially if Spain knocks off the U S I mean, I don't know if anybody's going to beat them, but yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they got a good chance, but I mean, there's some other teams out there too that I mean got more than just you know the one player. They got <laughs> some true. solid you know two three guys. But like I said, if those Slovenian dudes can knock down some shots, you know, but let's knock them down, they can do some trouble. That's it. Knock down some shots, Slovenia. If you're listening, that's all you got to do. And uh, France, but yeah, France I think is is a real tough team too, and they they obviously proved that when they beat US in the in the first game. You know, caught us slipping a little bit. Um, but it just made me start thinking about gambling with with sports co- with with football coming. You know, that's that's typically our season, Jimbo, when we when we like to do our damage to the bookmakers. And uh, it made me think of this one bet that I heard. 
because now that my my boy Jake DeGrom is out until September, I thought about this story that I heard a while back. Uh, there was a group of four guys, right? So four four guys got together on this one parlay, and it was Jake DeGrom and Shohei Otani to win the AL and the NL MVPs. And they basically scrummed together like 467 bucks. I don't know how they landed on that random number. I don't know if they're digging in the couch for extra change, but 467 bucks to win 500 grand. That's a solid payday. That's a whole lot of money. Yeah, yeah that is a real solid payday for Oh, yeah, it is. Like that. Yeah, dude. Well, more power to Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's kind of shot in the foot now. There's no way Jake DeGrom's going to win MVP if he's not going to play again until September. So it made me think about these poor saps because at the All-Star break when I heard about it, I was like, damn, these guys got a shot here. You know, 467 bucks for 500K. I mean, the, the chance is real, but uh, that's kind of crumbling. Yeah, it ain't looking good, but I mean, for their sake, I hope it carries on for them because they'll always root for the underdog. You Me know too. what I'm saying? That's how we made our money. Yes, sir. It will always come up on the underdogs, and we're going to hopefully uh, help all you listeners. If you like to dabble in a little bit of fun with uh, some extra recreational money, uh, we, we will be providing some solid can't-miss uh, college football and NFL football parlays this year. Um, so that's what it just made me think about, and I'm, I'm excited for that segment of the show to, to be created and grow and hopefully just let everybody have even more fun while watching the games we love. You know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Benton's always fun. It makes things a little more interesting. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not a fan of the Browns, but if I got a little money riding on them, hey, let's go, Baker. You know, I mean, it gets it gets you into the game. Um, but with that being said, uh, with the trade deadline and everything, uh, I do want to touch base that the NBA free agent frenzy just started literally today while we're recording this show. Um, so I just want to I just want to touch base real quick. Um, this this sports show, if you're not familiar with where Ventura is, it's definitely L.A. area. It's definitely Lakers, Dodgers, pro around here. Um, and the Lakers came up on Russell Westbrook, man. What do you think of that? How do you think Russell Westbrook is going to fit with LeBron and A.D.? Uh, he's gonna feel well because uh, I, I imagine like I talked to my cousin about it, and he's like, "I'm pretty sure LeBron has already told him like this is what we need you to do. If you come in here and do what we need you to do, we gonna win a championship. As long as you don't come out there doing nothing crazy <laughs> and taking jumpers, uh, you know what I'm saying? Doing that, plays hard, facilitate. Yeah, they should. It, it's gonna be an easy walk through the West, I think. But uh, they still got Brooklyn to worry about, so I ain't crowning them yet. So, what do you think? What do you think LeBron told him you got to do? What do you think? Where do you think he fits? How do you think Russell fits in? What are they going to have him do? Uh, they're probably just using more as a ball handler, bringing the ball to the floor. Uh, maybe they get some more uh, facilitating out of him, take you know, same with the, some of the pressure off of LeBron. I mean, he's gonna, he always plays hard, so you know you're going to get effort every night. He's going to get to the bucket. He's going to get to the free throw line. Just really just if they get some shooters and he can kick it off the shooters, and it's going to make his job a whole much easier. So it's not going to be like it was in Washington where Tim and Bradley Bill. You're going to have yeah. some other guys around you, obviously LeBron and AD. So if they get some shooters, I mean, there's, it's limitless what they'll be able to do. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think Russell Westbrook is going to have to be the take it to the rack guy, which is good for LeBron. It might even extend him two more years if he doesn't have to put his head down and you know bull rush the bull rush the glass fifty times a night. You know, so I, I really like that fit uh, from that perspective. But is Russell Westbrook going to be down with that? That's the only that's the only thing. And I mean, that's kind of how he naturally plays. But like you said, I mean, Russ likes to go off on these mid stop and pop mid range jumpers, which you know, even back in his UCLA game, you know, it was never never part of his his repertoire and he's never really gotten it down um so it'll be interesting to see but what i like is it's a solid setup for life after lebron too it's like i i feel like that's almost like a security move by the lakers like saying okay lebron's getting older we're down to we're down to run with uh russ and ad going going forward so i'm digging that i think it's a solid move by the lakers i think another solid move was i just saw come in uh they re-signed dwight howard today 
So that's solid to me. Yeah, if he does what he's like last couple of years, I mean, obviously he hasn't been great offensively, but he's actually been playing well, rebounding, defending the rim. So if you get that from him, I mean, that was a solid pickup. That's it. Yeah. And then it, he just, he just, he's just a solid sub for, for AD and somebody that'll go down under the glass, be a little bit of a goon. You know, I mean, he's not, he's not an old fashioned goon, but in today's game, he's about as goonish as it gets underneath the boards. So, uh, I, I like it. And, uh, I thought he was solid for my Sixers too. So uh, it's a big, it's a big come up for the Lakers, I think. And, uh, that NBA free agent frenzy, you know, like we're saying is just literally starting today. So I'm looking forward to, uh, talking about, all the stuff that's going to go down on future episodes, you know, keeping keeping up to date on some NBA hot takes. But like the show started, we got football on this week. So let's talk some hypothetical trades slash landing spots. Uh, so there's been a couple of quarterbacks in this offseason. Obviously, everybody has heard about them. And they were the uh, trade prospects of the offseason, but neither of them have been dealt yet. We're talking Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. If you ask me, Two of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL are going to be on different teams. Aaron Rodgers, most likely in 2022. Deshaun Watson, most likely this year. I think this is the year you're going to deal D-Watts, especially, you know, with all the legal pending cases and things like that. So I want to know, Jim, what's more important, where Aaron Rodgers plays in 2022 or where D-Watson plays this year in 2021? What do you got your eyes on? What's going to make the biggest splash? I'd probably say where Aaron Rodgers plays it next year. Uh, because he's going to probably have the choice of where he wants to go. So he's probably going to choose a team that's right there ready to, to make a Super Bowl run and maybe a quarterback, elite quarterback, to all they're missing to get him over the hump. He's going to have more say, you know what I'm saying, obviously. So he'll basically, he won't, I don't feel he'll have anything to blame other than his choice if he doesn't get to a situation where he went to the Super Bowl. Okay. Whereas Deshaun Watson, I mean, obviously, if you can get him, you're set up for maybe the next 10, 15 years pending the legal uh, situation, but I don't know how many teams would really want to take a gamble right now because of the legal situation, but I mean, you know what you're getting when you get him, you know what I'm saying? So does Aaron Rodgers win a Super Bowl after he leaves Green Bay? I think so, yes. You think so? You think he's going to win one with another team? Yeah, I think he'll win with another team. He's not going to be like Brett Favre and just and just uh, fizzle out like he did to your Vikings? Nah, because one, Aaron Rodgers is still in way better condition than Brett, Brett Favre was at the time. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of teams are going to want him. I think Brett Favre just got, you know, they threw him to the jet. They were like, all right, it ain't working. And then he just ended up on the Vikings. I don't think there were too many teams that were like, hey, that's the guy we really want. Like, he still leads. That, that's what we're looking for. He just got lucky, landed in Minnesota, then played the best football in his life. They should thank the Vikings. <laughs> He did. I'll tell you what, Brett, Brett I've, I was never a fan of Brett Favre. I'm sure you know that, but it's been well documented in our conversations. Not a big fan of the guy. Um, but yeah, he did. He did have a, a special season and uh, that that Brett Favre Vikings season. I just I just remember the the disappointment on your face when he finally lost to the I think it was the Saints, right? When <laughs> they, they stretched. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. When, when Brett Favre went Brett Favre. Yeah, yeah I, I remember it. I remember it clearly. I knew that time was coming. It just hadn't had to be then, did it? <laughs> Yeah, I remember that too. Uh, so it was a tough, t- tough ride off into. You don't picture your ride into the sunset on a stretcher or the back of a golf cart, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, Brett had a good run, and I think I think Aaron Rodgers will have a have a good run. But I gotta say, to me, it's gonna be Deshaun Watson. I feel like I feel like my take on Deshaun Watson is you could put him on any team. In the NFL, I challenge you right now, Jimbo, to tell me a team in the NFL, you can't plug Deshaun Watson in as your day one, week one starter. If you get him right now in minicamp and get him acclimated to your system, you're going to be a playoff team. 
Those Texans teams that he brought to the playoffs are garbage. They're trash. The roster was built terribly. He never had an O-line. He was literally playmaking every single game with mediocre receivers at best. And, you know, shout out to my boy Will Fuller. I'm glad he's on the Dolphins, but he is not a number one receiver. And Deshaun Watson went out there and got the Texans into the dance every single year. Uh, Last year was a little bit funky, you know, but I mean, he can take any team this year, if you plug him in, I'm talking about you could send him to Motor City and the Lions are in the playoffs this year. I mean, so how could he not be the most important player? Do you, do you agree or disagree with that? Deshaun Watson could take any NFL team to the playoffs next year. I, I got to disagree with you, Phil, man, because some of them teams are putrid. You know what I'm saying? If you're the, you know, like the Jaguars or the Jets and you're barely getting a game or two a season, don't, don't get me wrong. I think Deshaun Watson could probably give you four or five games on his own but if you're, if you're not good across the board, it's just a matter of time before it, it just implodes. I don't know, man. Let's look at the, let's look at the Jets, right? They got a lot of solid, uh, they got a lot of solid first round offensive linemen and second round offensive linemen. They got, uh, your boy from Louisville, the, the, uh, behemoth out there at tackle Becton. Uh, they got some solid players. They signed a center of this free agency. They, uh, beefed up the, uh, the, the special, the, uh, specialized wide receivers and players. They got a, they got a, a set. They got Robert Saleh to coach the defense. I think that team's going to be much improved. You slide Deshaun Watson in there. You know, I'm not trying to throw any shade on Zach Wilson. I, I loved watching him at BYU. I do think you get what you, what you have played for. So he played in the mountain West, you know, kind of, they're more of like an independent team, but that's who they tend to uh, tread water with. And I don't know. I don't know if he's ready for the NFL. Hopefully he is. He was a lot of fun to watch. So I'm rooting for him, but I say you slide Deshaun Watson in there who sliced up the sec sliced up to ACC, all these cats that are in the NFL. I think, man, I think that, I think the jets, I think the jets can go 10 and six with Deshaun Watson. It, it would be tough because you got to think you're going to put him in a division with the bills, your dolphins. And, uh, I don't know, man. The I'll Patriots look right like now. they wouldn't spend some money, so that's a tough division for him just to have to come in and be expected to get them to the playoffs because I doubt all four of those teams can make the playoffs. Three, potential. Four, I doubt it. Nah, I don't think I don't even think three. I think whoever wins the I think whoever wins well, now there's now there's the extra the extra game and the extra team in the playoffs. So I don't know, I'm not used to that in my mental state, but I think only one team makes it out of the AFC East. And that's whoever wins it. And I feel like it I feel like it's a crapshoot because I definitely don't trust my Dolphins. I definitely don't trust Cam Newton or Mac Jones. You know? I mean, Bill Belichick has done absolutely nothing without Tom Brady. And the year that he loses Tom Brady, the guy just goes and dominates the league and wins another Super Bowl. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not sold on Belichick. I'm not sold on the Patriot way. Uh, and I think, I think Deshaun Watson would be primed, primed, primed for a, uh, a big showing. And I think Aaron Rodgers is checked out in Green Bay, Minnesota. Who knows what you get there? Chicago Bears could be starting a rookie wide uh, rookie quarterback in uh, Justin Fields, most likely. You slide Deshaun Watson in there on the Lions, you know, who knows what happens? You know, you got DeAndre Swift. You got, uh, you got Coach Campbell getting him ready to bite people's kneecaps off, you know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you put him on a I team. mean, there's always, the there's always the possibility, but those teams are notorious for just completely blowing at every opportunity. So I have no faith in them whatsoever. Deshaun's going to do Deshaun, so we know what that is. But the rest of the team, I, I can't speak for them because they consistently dump the fires. But Jimbo, the Lions weren't biting off kneecaps before. They're biting off caps this year, man. Hey, when I see the blood pour, then I believe it's possible. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine how much shit Dan Campbell would get if one of his players actually bites somebody in the knee this year? Hey, if, if, if somebody actually 
does that, I will be a Lions fan just because of the fact that somebody <laughs> took the initiative to go out there and show some fight. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. They need to sign Albert Hainsworth. That guy, I feel like, would do it. Albert Hainsworth would do it. He would bite the kneecap I'm and then... <laughs> I'm praying that the Lions are just like a team of goons. Even if they only win like three games, I hope they're just a bunch of savages out there every Sunday. And you don't want to play them. You want no part of them. I'm you know what I'm That's what I hope the Lions do. I'm with it. I'm hoping that they, I'm hoping that they, uh, there was the guy, I think it was, uh, I forget what his name is. He was a safety on the Vikings, but he had that hat on that said, make football violent again. I hope that the Lions are that team this year. I hope, like you said, they just they just go out there and they just play 1995 football. Not dirty, not dirty, but they're going Tom Jackson, you got jacked up style on defense. I want to see some Steve, Atwer, some Steve Atwater type safety patrol in the middle. I'm for it, man. Like you said, you're going to go three and 13. I'll be all about it, man. Yep. They need it, man. They they need something to, to to believe in in Detroit, so I'm with it. Yeah, and hey, I feel like it fits the Detroit mode. And going back to the NBA, they just got Cade Cunningham. You know, I mean, hey, maybe some big things can happen in Detroit. You know, you just got to start biting off kneecaps one at a time, baby. Yeah, man. Got to bring Detroit back, man. Bring it back to the front. <laughs> Okay, so in Detroit, in Detroit, speaking of them, there's a new quarterback in town, and there's quite a few different cities around the U.S. with new quarterbacks in town. Um, so instead of speculating where Rodgers and Watson may be or may not be in next year or this year, let's talk about the new guys in town, okay? So I want to know which new quarterback in a new city you think is going to have the biggest impact on that team's total wins. And I'm going to, I'm going to toss the ball up and take a, take a whack at it right now. And I'll take first take on this. And I am going with none other than the Indianapolis Colts and Carson Wentz. Okay. So I had this take before the unfortunate news that he's going to be out 12, five to 12 weeks. Um, but now, now it's just kind of, now it's kind of cementing my, my take on this. So obviously only games that he plays will count in my, uh, my evaluation here, but I think he's going to have the biggest impact on actually taking away from those 11 wins that they had last year. And that, I mean, I feel like, I feel like they're going to, they're on the verge of like a five and 11, four and 12 type year. The way I look at it as their defense is solid. Jonathan Taylor, he's solid. But to me, that's a that's a one-trick pony in the NFL. That shit doesn't work anymore. There's no more Baltimore Ravens and Trent Dilfer out there. It just doesn't it doesn't happen. You don't win championships that way anymore because the offense has evolved into like a college like let's go for big plays, let's air raid it, let's go Mike Leach on these mother lovers and we're going to throw it 40 times a game. So it doesn't matter if you're a good running team. That's what always bites the Titans in the ass. And I think that's what the Colts are going to have to go with Wentz on the field or off the field. And uh, now going to be off the field for the first few weeks so he's going to get supplanted back in and uh i don't know i don't know if you watched him on the eagles much last year jimbo but he looked terrible and uh i think he's going to be i think he's going to be an absolute bum for them and i'm sorry to say that and i hate to i hate to uh wish negativity towards the man but i just feel like that's what he's putting off and uh and just seems to be following him right now so i think i think carson wentz is going to have the biggest impact on a team's total wins and it's going to be in the wrong way for the colts I mean, I, I was going to say Carson Wentz, like you said, before the injury, but I figured I don't know how much he would increase their wins, but I think that he would keep them at least playoff consistent if he plays. Are you crazy? He was. Are you crazy? Absolutely. I mean, he, that, that guy was almost an MVP one year, so I mean, he's got the talent. He just didn't have no help around it. And now you're going to go to a team that possibly has the best offensive line in football because they've added Eric Fisher to Quentin Nelson, Brian Kelly, and Brayden Smith. So what all you need to do to do is make some passes. Was and it, they got a running game and a defense. Okay, I get I get those I get those points except for the Eric Fisher. Wasn't Eric Fisher the dude throwing lookout blocks for Mahomes all Super Bowl long? I mean what did he do? Was he, he, he didn't play, 
he, he didn't play the Super Bowl. He got hurt. The uh, I think the AFC Championship. I think he got hurt. He tore his, um, his Achilles. Oh, he's coming off. So he's coming off a bum Achilles. Okay, so my bad on that take. Yeah. So that makes sense. Why? Uh, why Mahomes ran for I think 540 yards. They said in scrambling. <laughs> None of those. Yeah, that was, that, that, that was that was a that was a backup offensive line out there during that Super Bowl. Okay, okay, I'll give him. They a, had nobody. Okay, so he gets a break there, but he's a little bit older and he's coming off a torn Achilles. Obviously, the Chiefs wanted no yeah. parts of him for a reason. So now you got Carson Wentz, who looks like he rubs his hands with butter before he starts the game. How the ball's slipping out of his damn hands. Not only when he's throwing it but when he's running too and running was a part of his game and when, you know so I mean when he when he busted his knee I remember watching that game against the Rams when he dove into the end zone and uh I feel like it's kind of always a a reckoning part of quarterbacks uh life or their career when they get into the pros and they like to run you know I think of RG3 I think of Carson Wentz I think of these players that had injuries while running and they usually don't bounce back and Carson Wentz does not look like he's bouncing back I feel like it's a part of his game that he's lost, that he's not comfortable under anymore. I mean, the guy just looks like trash, Jimbo. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I can't, I cannot agree with that at all. I think, I think Carson Wentz is going to, I think he's going to stink it up for the, for the Colts this year. I think, I think they're looking at, I think they're looking at a a top five pick. I think they're looking at a top five pick and they're going to be looking for a quarterback coming out of college. I mean, it's a possibility, but I mean, in his defense at Philly, I mean, he had no receivers, right? His offensive line was terrible. Uh, Miles Sanders was, was getting hurt here and there, so they really never established any running game. Miles Sanders apparently he was done being in that city. I don't I don't know how good his coach was, but apparently you know what I'm saying that didn't work out outside of the Super Bowl. Yeah. So now he's going there with his old coach that was actually there when he was having all the success. So I mean I, I won't say that I think he's going to be a bum. I don't know if he'll be what he was, but I mean if he like I said if he can just be a game manager like that that will be enough to get them in the playoffs and keep them relevant. Yeah, I got. I don't see Carson Wentz as a game manager. He thinks he's he thinks he's an MVP because, like you said, he almost supposedly won one one year. You know, he's got this false inflation of who he is, and I think maybe he should have tried to be more of a game manager. And let me just say, like I said about Zach Wilson, there's a reason he went to BYU and not USC. There's a reason that uh, that Carson Wentz went to North Dakota State or South Dakota State, whichever one it was, the Bisons, and he had to play in the Wells Fargo Dome instead of playing for Washington or Washington State. Even you know, there's a reason okay these college recruiters know what they're doing and uh, these guys didn't have it then and uh, he I don't think Wentz has it now and that's what worries me about a guy like Trey Lance you know it's like uh, who is this guy why did he why did he end up in the middle of Dakota playing quarterback you know I don't know I'm not buying it I'm not sold I mean I I think the same thing at at times with some of these quarterbacks like you said they go to smaller schools but I mean you never know how their game developed why they were there or why what they were in high school or why they ended up there really so I mean I won't, I won't. I won't say that there's no chance that happens, but I don't think it's likely that he goes there. He's a complete bust. I don't think things can go as bad as they did at the end of that Philly run for him. Okay. All right. I can dig that. But now remember, now this group, this topic that I brought up, encompasses everybody: rookies, free agents, anybody that's new in town. So, who's your take? Was your take Carson Wentz? No, I actually think the team that's going to uh, the, the quarterback that's going to affect. I'm going with Sam Darnold, man. I think he's got a fresh start. Ooh. I think he's going to get them. I think he's going to do some things for him. I think he's really going to show the talent that he has. You know what I'm saying? I mean, everybody, the Jets saw it, but I mean, their coaching was so okay. terrible and GM and all that was just, he had nothing around him. Yeah, Adam so Gase. I think, you know, they only, yeah, they only won five games last year. So it wasn't, it's not like he's got a huge jump to make to really get them to a 10 win team. You know what I'm saying? If they, 
and get that defense together. But I'm going with Sam Darnold. Okay, I like that. I like that. And then, like you said, like you said, I mean, they basically had one rung up from a meth addict as their as their head coach, uh, Adam Gase. I don't know what happened to that dude. You know, I feel like he's a product. That's Dolphin, by the way. He's a, he's another uh, he, he's a, he, he I don't want to remember those years okay all right I think we wasted some solid years there you got Ryan Tannehill on the Titans all of a sudden playing out of this world beating the Patriots in the playoffs in New England you know I mean I, I and we had Jay Ajahi who basically was uh, a Derrick Henry for a few years and then all of a sudden uh, Mr. Adam Gase decided to give him the ball. Don't get me off track here, Jimbo. I don't want to talk about Adam Gase. All right, I love, he's, he's now my new favorite coach to watch fail. And uh, I think he had a lot to do with Peyton Manning. You know, was, oh, he was the offensive coordinator of the year that Peyton Manning threw 55 touchdowns. Okay, that's not me throwing 55 touchdowns. He didn't take a mediocre quarterback throwing 55 touchdowns. He took fucking Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning throw 55 touchdowns with me and you calling his plays, Jim. It doesn't count. I agree. <laughs> that was the same thing. And then they signed Julius Thomas. Like, oh, no, the reason Adam Gase is sucking in Miami is because Peyton had Julius Thomas that year. Give me a break. We see how that went. But back to you. Sam Darnold on the Panthers. I like that. You know what? I was I was sitting there when I come up with these topics. I try to sit there and like think in my head. I totally forgot about Sam Darnold, man. I really, I really, I really actually kind of like pieces of that take because I like Joe Brady. I think he's a, I think he's a smart mind in football and, and in the NFL, you need an edge at coaching. It's definitely a parody type league and you're going to play off of what other people do. That's just where you get it from, but you need that guy to tweak it enough to where the defensive coordinators stay on their toes, even if it's just for a year or half a year or something, you know, I mean, if it wasn't for Joe Brady, Joe Burrow isn't even in the NFL. He's not even a starting quarterback in the NFL and he went number one overall, you know, so the guy knows what he's doing. So I like that aspect of it. Only thing I don't like, also, what? Also, also, Christian McCaffrey's back this year. So they didn't have him last year. So that's going to add even more firepower to him as well. That's true. Definitely, definitely, probably he might be the best ball catcher on the team too. So that's where that's where I draw back a little bit. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if his wide receivers are ready to uh, to help him enough. Do you think Sam Darnold's got the arm to help receivers or he needs receivers to help him? I think he has the arm to do it, but once he said that he was seeing ghosts in that game, I mean, he's going to need some help because, like, clearly, like, if they throw some defensive schemes against him that he's not prepared for, it can go bad real quick. But he's definitely going to need the receivers to, to step up and make some plays for him. Yeah. Okay, I like that. And, and you know what? I'll, I'll give I'll give you a, I'll give you a solid pass on that one. I like to see what Sam Darnold could do. I got some I got some. Some optimism for Sam Darnold, but more so my optimism is just for the Panthers in general. I really like Matt Rule. I really like what he did in Temple. He just seemed like a really good coach down to earth. Seemed like he could run a good program, but not too college-y, you know? You know, like I, I love Mike Leach as a college coach, but I don't think he could be an NFL coach where I think Matt Rule ran like a program where it can transition to grown-ass men and they would still respect it and appreciate it. So I like what's going on in Carolina. I really do. Yeah, and then you got to think like the, the Saints may take a step back. The Falcons didn't look like much. Oh, uh, I mean, you know what Tampa Bay is going to be. You know what I'm saying? So they got a chance to, to get in there and maybe be the second best team in the division this year. Falcons are going to be trash this year. There's my take on the Falcons. They're going to be garbage this year. 
I say they. Why are you going to do a bad guy fight, yeah, man? That's a former MVP. Hey, just like Bubba would have told us when we were on the ships, you know, he was all Matty iced out when he was in Boston College. I thought he was a bum then. I thought they were overrated and overranked when uh, when Matt, Matty Ice was there in Boston College, and he proved me right by choking choking the undefeated season away. And uh, he also proved Tom Brady. I mean, and I can't forgive Matt Ryan, even though I hit my finals block because they choked that game away. So I can't be that mad at him. But still, I mean, he gave he gave Tom Brady an extra ring that he doesn't deserve again again i mean i mean you're right man it's all right atlanta died that day take that matt ryan right but but yeah so he does have a stud in kyle pitts though i'm excited to see what matt ryan can uh can cook up with him you know that'll be a little uh that'll be a hot topic for our fantasy football prep that we got going too so if you guys got a fantasy football league out there uh make sure you keep tuning in to press cover sports because we're gonna we're gonna be hitting you with a with a solid two hour special for a fantasy football draft prep um but we're not talking fantasy, and when things go down, reality is people get hurt, all right? That's the reality of professional football, and uh, the Rams had the first big injury. Uh, we mentioned Wentz went down, and this is just a few people of probably the long old list of superstars or quality players that are going to get hurt this offseason, uh, but the Rams got hit with Cam Akers, and everybody was docking Cam Akers to have a big old blowout season this year, and uh, unfortunately, we're not going to get to see if that would have been true or not. So, Jimbo, my, my question to you is, who do you think that's left out there in free agency can the Rams sign to help fill that void? I mean, I, I was looking, and I didn't see a lot out there that they can really do. I mean, because it's this, this late with, with this happening. But I'm going to have to go with probably Duke Johnson. You know oh, what I'm saying? I mean, the Duke. That's my guy right there. I'm going with Duke. The U. Why, but I mean, what? He definitely, he's going to bring you a third down back. At the minimum, he'll be at least a third down back. You know what I'm saying? to give some of the other guys a break. But, I mean, I did not see nothing really else out there. Unless you want to kick the tires on Adrian Peterson and maybe see me defending that, there ain't nothing out there. Okay. So you think so you think Duke Johnson will fit in with McVay's scheme? Oh, yeah. I, I think he could. I mean, because you're not, you're not, he's not coming in there expected to carry the load of the offense or nothing like that. You're yeah. just going to need him to come in there, catch a few balls, break a few tackles, you know what I'm saying, do a few things, get in the end zone. I mean, I can fill that role easily. Okay. Okay. I like Duke Johnson. I really do like Duke Johnson. I really liked him at at, at Miami. He kind of just floundered around on the Browns. He wasn't terrible. You know, he was a he was a reputable back. It's tough to be a running back in the in the league. So I'm not taking what what kind of work he put in for granted by any means. Um, but I don't know. I just don't feel like Duke's got any sizzle. I mean, did he even play in the league last year? I don't know if he played last year. The last team I remember being on, I think he was on the Texans, but I don't know if he was on there last year or not. I'm pretty sure he was. Uh, Von David Johnson, but um, I mean, yeah, I, obviously, obviously, we can't remember what team he played for last year. Probably didn't have the greatest season. <laughs> That's most likely the truth. A couple of Johnsons on there that definitely had a fall from grace. You know, uh, definitely didn't always live up to the expectations. Although, although David Johnson, I mean, there wasn't that much expectations coming out of Northern Iowa. Again. Uh, Again, I'm a firm believer in why the hell did you end up in Northern Iowa? You know, I better see some criminal record passed or something like that that was unfortunate. That's why you ended up there, <laughs> you know? I mean, it might better be like Randy Moss stealing clothes or something, and that's why he couldn't get in any big schools. But the, the, the main thing is, I think uh, Duke Johnson would be a good fit. He would be a good fit, but he's, he can't pound the rock enough. And they got Daryl Henderson, who is already Duke Johnson-like. I think a good fit, uh, like you said, kicking the tires on Adrian Peterson, I feel like is always worth it. I mean, he he was he he looked great on the sorry ass Lions last year. I mean, I think Adrian Pe- Peterson is still a fantastic back, you know, and uh, I'm sure he's down for 20 touches if you want to give it to him. So I feel like Sean McVay does like somebody like that that he could just pound the ball to. Um, but I like I like 
carry on Johnson, man. I really think Carrion Johnson is somebody that's out there and available. And uh, he only had 71 touches last year. Uh, he ran the ball 52 times and caught like 20 passes, 19 passes or something like that. Uh, but he's an effective scorer. Out of those 71 touches, he still had five TDs. So he's getting in the end zone. He's getting in the end zone, and he averaged 3.5 yards of carry. Now, you obviously want a little more than that. But, I mean, I like Carrion Johnson. He's one of your Auburn uh, Tigers, you know, go War Eagle. You know, Kaka, I mean, he's, he's out there, you know, and he's, 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 I feel like he's been underutilized the last few years. So I think carry on Johnson, somebody that's, you know, maybe change the tires, you know, everyone was talking about tread on the tires, you know, maybe he finally had a chance to change the tires last year. So I'd like to see him get a chance with an offensive mind, somebody that's, that's smart enough to where he doesn't need to think because I feel like the Lions coaching has always been so terrible. You know, they hire the most Dumbass coaches, you know? I mean, they hire Matt Patricia, who does not look like an offensive... Uh, 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 he doesn't look like a, a head coach in the NFL. You hire Dan Campbell. What's the first thing he talks about? He's talking about biting off people's kneecaps and then knock me down again. I mean, no. How about you just don't get knocked down? You know? Why do you guys have to start on the ground? The Lions are always getting knocked down. Just stay on your feet this year, I would, Lions. I, I would definitely like to see Kerryon Johnson get the opportunity. I mean, I think the only reason he didn't reach, you know... Uh, the potential it was expected because he had a lot of injuries, uh, just couldn't shake him. But if he can stay healthy, I mean, he definitely could be better than what they got behind Darrell Henderson. I mean, they got Xavier Jones, yeah. Jake Funk, and Raymond Calais. Hey, shout, shout out to Jake Funk. But, he's an Oregon Duck. I know Jake <laughs> Funk. He's got a little. He's got a little. He's got a little pop in the, in the cleats. So I like Jake Funk, but he's definitely not NFL league caliber. He ain't carrying the ball three hundred times this year. Yeah, I, I'm not knocking all these guys. I haven't seen none of them play, and you never know what they can turn into. But I mean, Terry on Johnson proves he deserves to be in the league and he can be starting back if he can stay healthy. Totally. Totally. I mean, I feel like the Lions always had a trash O-line, too. They're always there was just, you know, just somebody didn't throw the match into the dumpster, but the dumpster was ready to blaze up, you know? So, I mean, I'm looking I'm looking at on Johnson, and like you said, he deserves a chance, and if he could just stay healthy, you can get him for cheap. You can get him for dirt cheap. You can get him for a million dollars a year, you know? And, and who knows? He might end up being an absolute stud for you, like you said, if he can stay healthy. So, I'm looking at on Johnson. What do you think about a Todd Gurley Los Angeles reunion? I mean, if you can't get anybody else, I mean, that wouldn't be the worst idea. <laughs> if but, you can't I mean, get anybody else, isn't that a crazy fall from <laughs> grace, Todd Gurley? If you can't hey, get anyone else, I guess but, I guess just sign Todd Gurley. But, I mean, it, it ain't a knock on him. It's just, you know, we know it's like his health. Like, you know, the knees yeah, ain't holding totally. up. And But I'm saying, if you can get him at his best for what he can give you, he still, you know what I'm saying, has elite talent if he can stay healthy. But the knees are, you know saying, degraded, so... I mean, it's better, like I said, it's better than dudes they got on there now, so I would take you. Yeah, no, I can, I can agree with that. I agree with that. And uh, the thing about Todd Gurley is, I just feel like there's a little bit of bad blood there in Los Angeles. Something was weird. It was like a, it was almost like a Kawhi Leonard and his mandatory rest days in San Antonio or something. Like, there's this weird funk that, like, Todd Gurley felt like Sean McVay ruined his career or something. Which is weird because he was like the MVP and he had like one of the most prolific years that a running back has ever had since Marshall Falk. Um, so you can't be that mad about it, but it was just a weird ending to it. Don't you agree? Yeah, it was. I mean, like you said, the, the fall from grace, you like top running back one year, the next year, like you're not even getting carries in the playoffs. Seriously. Uh, so like it, it's crazy how that happened. Then after the season's over, after he leaves, he's talking about they sold him some money. So 
there might be that bad blood too. <laughs> yeah, gave him, where's my money at? You know, that sounds like some, <laughs> I, I hate to keep ragging on the Lions right now, but that sounds like some Lions type stuff, man. Sounds like some Lions type stuff. Um, but so, so, um, so those are some free agents that are out there. Let's talk about free agents that got signed this offseason. There's definitely a lot of names moving. And uh, when, you, when you think about all the free agents that got signed this year, who do you think is going to have the biggest impact in 2021 for their new team? Uh, I think uh, the free agent that got signed to have the biggest impact is probably going to be Patrick Peterson going to Minnesota with that young um, cornerback core that they have. I mean, he's really going to be able to help them out. I mean, he's not what he once was, but he's still a, a, a top corner in the league. Maybe not a you know top five, top ten possibly, but I think I'd definitely take 10. him over most corners. I mean, he could be. I'm not saying that he's not. I'm saying he's a little farther. I mean, we saw him get burned a few times, but he's still he still Patrick Peterson. Like he was still exactly at the top of his game at one point, and that that knowledge that he has can only help that team. I mean, you saw them covering last year. It can't be no worse, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can agree with that. Definitely ain't gonna get no words, Jimbo. Um, but yeah, I, li- I like that take. I like that take. Do you think pa- Do you think Patrick Peterson plays all sixteen games this year or seven? Seventeen I do. I, I games? Think, yeah, I think I think he will. I mean, I, I, I don't think he's had a bunch of injuries in his career. I mean, maybe I mean he had the one where I think it was uh, fell in the drug test or whatever it was that he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. other than that, I mean, he stayed relatively healthy, and I think they're gonna like rotate him in and out, like you know what I'm saying, so that he doesn't. You know, saying they don't wear him down too quick, too early in the season. And if those young guys can step up and actually hold their own out there, they may not need him to be out there as much. You know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously, I imagine as a starter, he wants to be out there for every snap that he can. But if he can help those guys develop, it's only going to make the team that much better. Okay, I like that. I like to so say Patrick Peterson was on my radar. I do like that signing. I do like Mike Zimmer putting in some resources into the defense. I feel like everybody started taking that defense in Minnesota for granted, and uh, they started shifting towards my boy uh, Kirk and trying to help out the offense a little bit, which they did. And I feel like now this year, they're finally going to have the right amount of balance, it seems like. You know, it, it, it seems that way. Obviously, Mike Zimmer needs to get everybody put together and Stefanski going to the Browns and things like that definitely affect how the offense is uh, is running. But I do love Dalvin Cook. Like I said, I think he's my, my dark horse to win the MVP if it's not going to be a quarterback. Uh, I think... I think that the Vikings are a really intriguing team, and I just think that that division's wide open. You got the Bears with Justin Fields, who I love. I'm super high on Justin Fields. I think that he could have arguably, argue, arguably been the number one chosen quarterback in this year's draft. And uh, I, I, I'm absolutely high on, on Chicago Bears with Justin Fields. I just don't like Matt Nagy. He's got Adam Gase written all over him to me. Um, he's supposed to be his offensive guru, and his offense sucks every year. So this is your chance, Matt. Um, but I like the Vikings for that reason. I think Aaron Rodgers is obviously already checked out in Green Bay. So, uh, yeah, a, a pickup like Patrick Peterson could have a huge impact on that Minnesota team. But I'm going to go with a guy that was on my Miami Dolphins last year. I'm going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick on the Redskins. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Fitz Magic, Fitz baby. Magic. Fitz Magic. The beard is back in the league, and he. And what I like about Ryan is he doesn't mess around. He only is not going to retire. Basically, if he's not going to be the starting quarterback for a team, it's basically what he said. You know, he's like, if I'm not starting, then I'll retire. But if you put me on a squad where I could be the starting quarterback, I'm down to I'm down to play. Um, so I feel like I feel like that that right there, that mentality of like just wanting to be on the field because he feels like he can win. 
I'll take that. You know, I, I, at first when we signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, I was like, here we go. Because I remember my buddy, Rich Foley, shout out to Rich. Um, he was all pumped up on Ryan Fitzpatrick when he was on the Billy Goats up in Buffalo. And they gave him that big, big old astronomical contract for whatever reason. Um, but he was big on him. I was like, man, this guy's a bum. He went to Harvard. I mean, give me a break. Like I said, product of where you play. Um, but the guy, the guy brings some energy and he's such a good team oriented guy. And to me, he's just a good dude. He brings some flair. He looks like he'd be a blast in the locker room, just like super fun guy to be around. Um, but other than that, he's a gunslinger, man. He's not afraid to fail. Right. And being afraid to fail is a problem in the NFL. Like you got to be you got to be ready to go out there and just suck it up. You know, it's like if people talk shit about Jameis Winston throwing 30 picks, but at least he threw those 35 touchdowns. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe if he only throws 10 picks, maybe he only has 18 touchdowns because he didn't take the chance on a bunch of other times. So one thing I can respect about Fitzy is that he's going to go out there and sling it. And you know what? I think he's got some offensive firepower there that hasn't even been fully tapped yet. I think I think that I think that uh, McLaurin Terry McLaurin I think he's going to be one of the best receivers in the league this year. He to me is like the king of catching the rock and running. He just he just looks fluid. He looks good. His, his he's always got strong hands, always catching away from his body, and always just ready to look for a defender. You know, and I think that's going to help out Fitzpatrick big time. And uh, I just think Ron Rivera is also one of the best coaches in the league. And him and Ryan Fitzpatrick, I feel like are really going to have a big improvement on the professionalism around the Redskins. I didn't want to pick him for for quarterback to improve the team's wins by the most, because I don't think they're going to be like this mega team that's going to win 12 games. But I think they'll win the sorry ass NFC uh, East and they'll be in the playoffs again, but they're going to have a different swagger to them. A little bit different than you know, Alex Smith, which is a great story coming back from the devastating injury. And uh, Kyle Allen, cool story again. Who thought Kyle Allen was going to be good? He's back with Ron Bear again. You know, and these these guys, I just didn't, you know, to me, they didn't, they didn't have that swagger. They didn't have that pop. And Fitzpatrick's going to bring him that, man. So I think Fitzy's going to have a big upgrade. Yeah, I think it's an upgrade as well. I mean, I think the only thing they were really missing on Washington was some quarterback consistency. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They had to build. Dwayne Haskins experiment, and and they just seem like they never got their footing after that. So if he can come in and provide some consistent play, I mean, I could easily see him win that division. Yeah, me too. And I was high on Dwayne Haskins, man. I hope that he figures out his life or whatever he's got going on. You know, obviously, I don't know him personally, but he just always seems to be in the news for the wrong reasons. And, you know, I hope he figures that out because I like Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State, man. And I can tell that he had the big league arm. So, man, I really hope he figures it out uh, because I'd like to see him in the league five years from now. And right now, the way he's trending, it's not going to happen. Yeah, if he turns it around, I think he'll have an opportunity because I think he's on the Steelers right now. He is. So I think that if he, you know, kind of you know, learns from his mistakes, gets his head in the, in the, into the book, stays in the film room, I think he'll definitely have a chance to be the next starter on that team. 100%. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think I think he's, he's still got a future. I wouldn't say bright. You know, it's dim. It's fading. But he needs, he needs to wrestle it in, and he'll, he'll be all right. Um, another honorable mention that I had on my list, and I'm curious as to what type of impact you think will have, Jadavian Clowney on the Browns. What do you think of that, man? And you're talking about Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney on the edge. I mean, if you're talking bookends, there's some bookends, man. Yeah, I, I mean, we know what, you know, what, what Garrett is, so I mean, you know what you're going to get there. My only concern with with uh, with Clowney is, I mean, he was obviously in the JJ Watt and wasn't that impressive there. I mean, don't get me wrong; I'm not saying he was bottom tier or nothing like that. I feel like that, that was but, his best years, though, was when he was with the Texans. Definitely better than whatever the hell I mean, he did with the Titans and the Seahawks. 
Oh yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't his best work, but was the work that impressive team for his his skill when he was what he's supposed to be, and then playing opposite of JJ Watt. He still looked like. Were you, a, were, you, were, you, were, you, were you impressed by what he did there? Yes. Or did you expect more? I, I mean, see, here's the thing. He had he had unreasonable expectations because of that stupid hit that he had in college, right? So yeah, he rocked the guy, knocked his helmet off, fumble, all that good stuff. But to me, Clowney, he seemed like he was a sack master, but I feel like he's more of just like a high motor guy. And I see that out of him. I see him chasing down sweeps. I see him take a step in towards the quarterback and getting back down the line and tackling a running back before he is the line of scrimmage. So I feel like that's who he always was. And everybody got excited about that hit and expected him to be a sack kind of guy. But he's not. That hit was on a running back. It wasn't on a quarterback. That wasn't a blind slide. You know, he's never been like, he's never been a swim move guy. He doesn't have Reggie White's club. He doesn't have Dwight Freeney's spin move. He's not that guy, but he is that high motor guy that it's like, dude, you ain't going to run the ball on my side. And if you don't double team me, I can get to the quarterback. I don't know. Also, I think a lot of that buzz was created because of the combine, because they saw he's such a physical freak and they just totally. figured, well, if he's doing this in college. He's going to get in here the next level, you know, just get some grooming. And next thing you know, he's just going to destroy the league. And that's not always the case. No, not even like Javon curse. You know, I mean, that guy was probably the most, one of the best gifted athletes at defensive end ever. And he had some great years. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Javon curse had a bad career or anything, but it's like they set these astronomical expectations off of just a couple of highlights and a combine and so that's not realistic to to expect them to live up to that. But to me, I think he is living up to it. I like, I mean, when I look at his tape, if I'm a defense coordinator, I'm getting excited about that. Especially you got a guy like Miles Garrett who just seems unblockable. As long as he doesn't just do something dumb like hit people in the head with helmets, he's going to be fine. And he's going to get his sacks and he's going to be, he's going to be a nasty dude on that end. And then what are you going to do? You're going to run to Clowney's side? To get away from to get away from Garrett to keep him honest on the line, gonna run a read option at him. I don't know. And then the Browns got a really good linebacking core. I'm looking forward to that defense. I think that. Uh, that I mean, yeah, he, he definitely went. He would. He definitely went to the right team that yeah. would be able to probably showcase his talents better because he's gonna have a lot of help around him. So totally. I mean, he was definitely a good signing. So I'm not definitely not knocking the signing. But I just hope that I hope that he can because you know he was looking for all that big money at one point as well. So maybe this yep. is what he needs in order to command that money. So I hope it works out for him, and I'm excited to see what happens. Agreed, agreed. I think I, I think that this is going to be a really good landing spot for him. I don't think the Browns are going to be able to sign him after this year because I think he's going to have a really solid year. Maybe not super high sack totals, but he's going to have a lot of tackles for a loss. You're going to see a lot of that high motor, and uh, the Browns are the Browns are going to be legit. It's tough for me to say that. It doesn't sound right, you know, and I'm not a big Baker Mayfield guy. Still not sold on Baker, uh, but... I think the Browns are going to be really tough to beat. Uh, they get homeboy from LSU. Uh, what's his name? Help me out, Jimbo. The safety that was hurt all year, uh, Grant Delpit. So Grant Delpit. Yep, Delpit. Yeah, Delpit's going to be back to that secondary. And then you add Denzel Ward, who's like the second best ball hawk behind my guy, uh, Xavier Howard. Um, so they got, they got a lot of good things brewing there in Cleveland. They got a couple of good running backs. They got a, a stable of horses ready to gallop in the wide receiver. So they'll be an interesting team to watch. It'll be a tough division. Uh, Ravens got better. I don't know if the Steelers got better. Bengals definitely got better. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. That'll be an interesting division to watch. So Absolutely. You taking the Browns win the division or you taking Ravens? Um, if, I had to pick, if I had to pick a team to win a division, to me, honestly – I think that I'd have to go if I if I was gonna if I was gonna bet on the surest bet I'd go with the I would go with the Browns to win that division this year 
just because Lamar hasn't shown me the confidence. I love Rashad Bateman. I think he's going to be a great receiver addition. I just need to see Lamar, you know, trust himself in throwing the ball. And it's starting off on the wrong foot with him out on COVID uh, restrictions or whatever. But I really, really want to try and take the Steelers because I think Najee Harris on the Steelers is going to be bad news. He is going to be ready to rock. He's got, he's got Derrick Henry like leveled up written all over him, dude. I love Najee Harris. I wouldn't have been mad if the Dolphins freaking drafted him in the top 10 last draft. I love me some Najee Harris. I think he's going to be an absolute stud. Yeah, I agree. I just hope that, uh, oh, Big Ben can, uh, channel his, his old play because, uh, <laughs> last year, man, some of them games, I didn't know if it was Big Ben or, or if it was, uh, Chad Pennington out there. <laughs> yeah, he had a, <laughs> My boy Chad Pennington. Shout out to Chad Pennington. Uh, but but yeah, you know, I mean, Ben Ben's always kind of been a little up and down, but he just he always looked like that burly dude that was surprisingly like quick and agile, and now he just looks like a big burly dude that's not quick and agile. You know, so uh, it's that'll be interesting to see how Ben plays this year. He knows it's his last year, and I feel like anytime you know it's your last year, uh, maybe it makes you a little more apprehensive you know because you don't want to just go out as some flaming giant failure so i don't know we'll yeah, see yeah i don't I, yeah i don't want that to happen to me either. like i'm not a big fan of whatever but i don't i don't want him to go out with just after just getting ran through by everybody and just be <laughs> like all right it's time to step away i want to be able to step away but like, all right i had a good season but now it's time to call it quit yeah no i agree and i think i think Najee harris is really going to help him though the big thing i'm worried about them is they lost a couple of key o-linemen so that they're definitely gonna have to figure that out they made yeah, a couple they made a couple did. free agent signings but you know free agent signings when you're talking about some guys that were staples on your o-line with your o-line coach i feel like o-line is the hardest positions to plug new guys in that's why i feel like it's so key to draft guys so you can kind of get the same offensive line for three or four years before they start either getting injured or leaving so it'll be interesting be interesting to say the least. So at this point of the show, we are going to go into Bump and Run. And Bump and Run is brought to you by Sweet Fuel by Jewel. It's a persistence food company providing you with one-of-a-kind flavorful protein bars and supplements to get you the right kind of gains while tantalizing those taste buds. All right, Jimbo, today's Bump and Run, what's the topic? All right, today's topic is going to be in, in honor of the NBA free agency. I'm, uh, I'm going to give you a question for a player that I'm sure you know a lot about. Right. Where do you think, if you go somewhere, where do you think Ben Simmons goes? Ooh, okay, yeah. So, so Ben Simmons, I do know a lot about him. Uh, I def- definitely got some. I definitely got some love for Ben Simmons, and uh, it's tough for me to say that I want him to go because I do. I just feel like I feel like after he goes, he's gonna be like such an epic player in the league and the Sixers are going to be definitely kicking themselves in the ass for it. But if I had to say where he would go right now, I think that I think that it would end up being a move to the Trailblazers. It just seems that way. There's a lot of buzz that way. There's a new regime coming into Portland. They're a little bit upset with the way that it's been happening. And I just think that I think that there's a lot of like change that wants to happen in Portland versus some change that wants to happen in in Philly. And I feel like there's a common ground that we can meet on. And unfortunately, though, I think that it'd be 
Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum. And that would be probably the trade that would end up being made is like a CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons kind of package, which I definitely think we get the short end of the stick um, being a Sixers fan. So that bums me out a little bit. I, I really like Ben Simmons. I just wish the dude would just at least try to shoot. I don't understand why he doesn't even try to shoot. That's probably the most frustrating part because like I've said, I've, I've, I've said it before and it's been documented that he's always out there showing off these videos of him hitting threes and him doing turnaround jumpers and shit like that Uh, you know if you can do it on a practice court or in a ymca why don't you at least try in the nba i mean you're on the court you're playing it doesn't make any sense to me so that to me bugs the shit out of me because i feel like he's a lebron james without a jump shot that's where i think he's gonna end up that's that's, that's, that's a good pick i uh i don't know if he'll go to this team but i think it would be interesting he went to this thing i would like to see him go to the pelican with zion and uh your boy uh from the late, they used to play the Lakers. Oh, Lonzo or Brandon Ingram? Yeah, Brandon Ingram because yeah. Lonzo's gone. Lonzo's yeah. going to the Bulls. Yeah, shout out to Lonzo for yeah. for cashing in on that Bulls deal. It's like four years, like eighty six yeah. million dollars or something. So get your cash, Lonzo. Yeah, I'd like to see him go to go to the Pelicans and see if they can do this. They need a point guard, and you know, saying he can facilitate, defend, and everything else. Yeah. So I just I like get him get some help down there. I get nervous because Zion's another dude that bodies under the glass. I feel like Ben Simmons, I feel like Ben Simmons needs to be a power forward and he doesn't want to be because he's got like such a great skill set, but just fine and dandy. But like, look at Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis could probably potentially want to play point guard if he wanted to. He's quick. He's got handles. He could drive to the rack, but he doesn't. I feel like we forced Ben Simmons into this point guard role for no reason, just because he played point guard at LSU. Who gives a shit about LSU? They suck at basketball. You know, there's a reason why maybe let him play point guard. Duke wasn't like, hey, come play point guard for us. No, you're not a point guard. You can't shoot. You don't shoot the ball. So I feel like he was, I feel like he was let down by his coaching his whole life. Yeah, I don't feel, I don't feel like he has to play point guard, but he would definitely be a, a additional ball handler that you can have out there who can, you know what I'm saying, make some decisions and take the pressure off. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you, you necessarily need him to be your primary ball handler, but it definitely would help to have him out there. Agreed. Agreed. I think it would be. I think it would be an okay fit on on the uh, the Pelicans. Uh, but from a trade standpoint, it's like who do they who do they trade to us? Who are we getting for him? Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it depends on if you can get a you know Brandon Ingram or you know maybe Zion doesn't want to be there. He can maybe work some magic get himself out of there. You never know. Yeah, and honestly, I'm a little bummed out that uh, Kyle Lowry has already agreed to a sign and trade to the Heat because I thought Kyle Lowry coming in to play point guard would be uh, would be solid for us, and then we can move Ben Simmons actually to a power forward. But I mean, yeah, and then you start talking about price and stuff like that. I know Kyle Lowry's not going to come cheap, but I was hoping for that. And Kyle Lowry's a Philly guy, so yeah, I mean, but there there might be somebody else out there that y'all can get. I mean, obviously, it may not be Kyle Lowry. Yeah. So I don't think Kyle Lowry's like the greatest dude, but he's definitely been consistent i mean even i like shake milton but again shake milton's more of like a shooting kind of point guard i would love to find a way to get like chris paul we get i feel like we get chris paul and put ben simmons at like some type of like swing power forward but it sucks because ben simmons won't shoot the effing ball so (laughs) (laughs) so it's like you can't you can't make him a hybrid power forward because he doesn't shoot the goddamn ball but you know what he also doesn't do because he's always playing freaking point guard is he never posts up I feel like he'd be a great low post player. Like his, his, you figure if he's bodying somebody up, he's 6'10", you know, 200 pounds, something like that, 220 pounds. I don't know what his actual statistics are, but he's a big enough dude where he can back down a normal power forward. But then he also has that speed and athleticism on like a quick spin move or a shake spin move and then take you to the rack. Like I feel like he'd dominate. 
Um, but unfortunately, everybody just wants to keep him as a freaking point guard. Even Doc Rivers. I thought Doc Rivers was going to have the testicle fortitude to say, nah, bro, you're going to play power forward. But it doesn't seem that way. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess a lot. For some reason, I think they all believe that that's where he gives you the best mismatch at is against point guards. But, I mean, like you said, if he's not really shooting the ball, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It kind of no. balances out. Yeah, he'll lock down the other guy, but if he's not getting to the bucket, you know what I'm saying? He ain't getting you nothing offensively because he's not going to shoot and he can't hit free throws. Great. Agreed. I, yeah, and I, I don't really know where to go with him. And his stock is at like an all-time low. I wish that he would have played for Team Australia, honestly. So hopefully he can get some goddamn good games under his belt or something, increase his trade value. And that's where I'm bummed out. It's like we're going to get stuck with CJ McCollum, who's a good two-guard, but A, he's not a point guard. And he's more of like a spot-up shooter. I want like a, I want a guy that can like just literally get his own shot on the Sixers. That's what we need uh, to pair with Embiid good. And it's like we're kind of screwed now. And Tobias Harris... I mean, I, I, I slowly started to get sold on him last year, and then he failed me at the end of the playoffs. Just going up against the glass with this weak-ass shit, like tossed-up layups and stuff. I mean, take it to the rim, dude. Like, I mean, you're a, he's another guy that's supposed to be a stretch power forward. And then he comes up all soft at the rim. Just, I don't know, it's just disappointing, Jimbo. Hey, the one thing you can't say about Tobias Harris, though, is he's going to give you a solid 20 a night. You he know will. You're going to get 20 from him. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get a solid 20. I don't know what else you're going to get, but you're going to get a solid 20 out of it. You get a solid 20 with a disappointing end of the game shot. Take that. Hey, sounds, sounds like a, a perfect team for him to go to would be the Pacers. Yeah. <laughs> He'd fit right in for the Indiana Pacers. I'll trade him for some bonus any day of the week. But you know what? I'm not a GM, neither are you, but it's always fun to, to chop up these topics with you, Jimbo. Uh, I'm looking forward to football season. Like I said, hopefully we've got a bunch of winners coming for the listeners out there. And if not, at least you'll get some quality uh, hot takes and topics. And uh, also look me up on Instagram at The Press Coverage Sports Show. Uh, if you're interested in being on the show, if you're interested in giving us some topics to talk about on the show, or you just want to tell us how great or how epically terrible this is, just reach out to us. Let me know. I want to know what you're thinking. Give me your feedback. That's what we're here for. Give me your topics. Tell me how much you love the show. Tell me what you would want to hear. I'm out there at the Press Coverage Sports Show. Jimbo, thank you so much for joining us on the Mel Eats Hotline. It's been a blast, bro. I can't wait for the next episode. Uh, absolutely. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Can't wait to come back. Yeah, of course, man. It'll be before you know it. All right, guys. Thank you for listening again. This is the Press Coverage Sports Show brought to you by Persistence Media. And as always, Keep moving.